Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Views from the Bridge, the podcast brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, as well as sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, uh, the podcast covering your first place Philadelphia Union in the MLS Eastern Conference. Uh, I am your host, as sometimes uh, moving is fun, is the is the caveat. That's not my name, that's just a thing that happens. Uh, Evan Valala here. I'm also joined by three of uh, three of my favorite folks, one of them, uh, Chuck Booth. Um, is that an introduction? I'm, yeah, I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, used I, to I like you said, listen, like, listen, "Hey, I, what's up? How's it going?" You're just Evan like, has really them... embraced his role as the curveball host, just <laughs> yeah. throwing absolute. I gotta yeah, keep wait, y'all sharp. Whatever he wants. Way to put me on the spot there. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> well, uh, we love you, buddy. Season, it'll bound to happen to other people. You We're know? glad you're settled <laughs> in at home. It's not always gonna be. Oh, hey, random throw to Chuck Booth. Like, it, you know, but one we week old. But we can't see you this week. You got to give us a little bit of a lead in. No, see, but like that would the ultimate curveball is not going to go off and just seeing how fast. Uh, all right, fine, great. I'm glad we got that over with. Uh, also, also here, Cat uh, Junior, Paul Katrino. Hello. Who gets four words instead of two, so that he knows that he's supposed to be on things, and then. Uh, Justin Ashcraft gets the great benefactor of process of elimination because he knows he's next, and if he bottles it, then it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be terrible. He'll have a he'll have a cropper. I, I like being last. I like being I, last. That's fair. Well, so did the New England Revolution, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, um, ladies and gentlemen. We decided that we could not put up with this or, or keep up with this or we didn't want to flood your feeds with with three games of coverage so we've decided to lump in the the vancouver draw the cincinnati win and the uh new england thumping in the one big old episode i would call it a murder it's been a good eight days it's been a really good eight days we will not conform to mls's poor stack scheduling and flood yeah. your feed with random talks about a 1-1 Vancouver draw. So, you're getting triple the action this episode. But let's talk about that random 1-1 Vancouver draw. Okay, sure, why not? Uh, so, Danielle Henry opens things up for Vancouver. And they get one late in the first half in the 41st minute. And then, it's it's a tricky place to play, right? Like, for as much as, uh, as who was it, uh, Felipe or... Uh, no, who came out on their team when they were playing LA and and was like, "Hey, it really sucks that they're, they're cheering for Zlatan like during halftime." Oh, I forget who that was, but I know who you're talking about. Tell you, there's only like two Vancouver players I remotely right. follow. See if I can't, yeah, if it's not Freddie Montero, I don't care. Yeah, wouldn't have been. Um, it might have. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, um. Yeah, so it's a 41st-minute goal by by Henry, and then uh, in his debut, Casper scores in the 66th. Nice little finish. It was. It really yes, was. Yes, it was. Um, he backed up Jim Curtin, saying that he's the best finisher on the team. Yeah. Which is and funny to come out and say to a Philadelphia fan base when you've never actually watched him play for all those people that pretend to watch Bethlehem Steel games. <laughs> right. have no yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about for a second that I just need to forever be predicting lineups? 
Yep. Yo, you have been 100% accurate probably 90% of the season. <laughs> why, why is Jim leaking lineups to you, Chuck? That's a weird flex. It um, is a weird flex. He's just following my football manager safe. Yeah, man. <laughs> the team Chuck is, is the OG, the OG football manager king. Um, yeah, so, so Casper, the friendly striker, which is a name that I will not repeat after that yeah, usage of it. Not. It's very bad. Scores in the 66th minute, and the Union get a, a uh, coveted road point on the other side of the country in, uh, in international waters in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, not a whole lot in this game. Like It was probably the least eventful out of all three of these games, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. But that being said, um, like we've said before, those road points sometimes can really decide, you know, who gets what or where you end up um, come the end of the season. Draws on the road where you're expected to lose are yep. the big determiners of where you end up getting home playoff games and you end up on the brink of elimination to, to instantly start out the playoffs. Yeah. These these points are the ones that the Union don't ever pick up in the nine seasons before this one because they simply lack the composure to do so and the flexibility to do so. That's but up, yeah. this uh, team is just... A de- Go ahead, Chuck. It's... Uh, I'm pretty sure um, if they're not already at their road points total from last year that the Union are pretty damn mm-hmm. close because they're now 1-2-2 two, and two on the road. For a total of five points, I believe there was only one win on the road all season last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. bad news. They had three wins, one draw last year away. That's still not a. That's still not a good amount. I mean, they, they're, they're halfway so there. They're halfway it's there. May. It's yeah. May. <laughs> And it's just, it's not even the fact of their performances, them just performing at home. They look better side when they're not in their home stadium. And it's something we're definitely not used to seeing from a Jim Curtin team. Road wins last year, if you're curious. Uh, 2-0 over Montreal May 12th. Looks like a 4-3 over Chicago on July 11th. And a 3-1 over Houston on July 25th. Yeah, of course you beat Houston but in the Houston season. Can't the beat them in the one. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, the other thing you'll say about the Vancouver game, right? That That is that is minutes and experience for an 18-year-old keeper. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. is now hurt. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can say that, but it's also minutes and experience for a keeper who's 18 playing on the road, uh, you know, in a tough environment. And if, if you're going to, like, <clears throat> as a keeper – an oblique injury when you're 18 is not the end of the world. No, not at all. Like, Aronson last year came back from a collarbone, like, super quick. Yeah. Because he's still a kid, and your bones, like, regenerate or something, like, Wolverine, <laughs> I think, at that Those point. bones are still building, man. Drinking yeah, milk he still has a soft spot in his head. That's why he doesn't go up for any headers. Uh, <laughs> I think. That's a, that's, a, that's a verifiable fact, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyway, fun, fun yeah. fact about Brendan Aronson too. Sure. I learned at the meet and greet at Dave and Buster's that they're not teaching cursive anymore in school. Yeah, so yeah, he does yeah. not know cursive at all. Uh, 
him and uh, I, I got I got tipped off on this when they were in Bethlehem. Him and and Fontana like don't have air quotes signatures huh. because huh. they didn't do cursive. Because huh. they don't do cursive. Like what is? Right. I I, I <laughs> which like right, cursive, someone needs to send me a Brendan Aronson autographed item so I can analyze the thought process of him going <laughs> through the actual writing of. His I want. I want an Adam Cam breakdown of Brendan Aronson signing a scarf or something. Give me this content, Philadelphia Union. Yeah, that's what I need. People demand it. All right, let's move on to a more exciting game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It, it really does go in order, doesn't it? Like, Vancouver, it's just, yeah, it happened. It existed. Yeah. Cincinnati, that's really cool because that red-eye flight on, what was that, Sunday night? So they have two days of recovery. On right. Alejandro Bedoya's oh, birthday, yeah, we we need to oh. we need to talk about these goddamn flights. Yeah, <laughs> it's some nonsense happening. This is like think. <laughs> yeah, if every Philadelphia Union employee paid two dollars out of their salary, uh-huh. they could pay for a chartered flight to get this team to and away, or to a game and back home. <laughs> Whenever the they want like to. One of those, like, please donate two dollars to the ASPCA, and we'll send. But you a why it's MLS hindering MLS the ability no. to do so? Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre that they're only allowed to do four chartered flights in a season? <laughs> if an owner wants to pay for his team to get on a freaking plane when they right. should be getting on a plane, right? He should be allowed to do so, Just or she. Thank goodness that these three games in eight days. We're against the bottom of the league. Not good teams. Yeah, yeah. That's a stretch that can really, um, it can really discourage a team. But you know, on two days rest, they go to Cincinnati, and it, it never even seemed as if it was out of the question that they were going to win this game. Yeah. So FC Cincinnati goes from not being able to beat MLS two teams in USL for a couple of years to not being able to beat other MLS teams uh, when they finally get called up. What a uh, surprise. Uh, two goals in seven minutes for the Union. Casper scores again in the 63rd. Fafa Pico in the 70th. And, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think we said this before. You can't let the other team have almost 60% of the ball and expect to get anything out of this. But you're not going to – it's pretty hard to stop the Union from having almost 60% of the ball nowadays. It's true. And, I mean, that's good. They're doing what they want to do. Um, but like, I don't know, there's nothing about this lineup that I'm looking at that since he put out, that's like encouraging. Well, uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, Kenny Saif suffered an injury in the lead up to that game and they had no attacking players, which was shocking for a team that only bought defensive players in Kenny Saif to begin the season. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, my big takeaway from that game is Mbizo getting his first MLS assist. What the ball? Yeah. What the ball? I was never seen that from Ray Gaddis. No, no, you have not. That ball was sick. It was really pretty. Yeah, and I mean, um, it was a really smart... almost almost as good as Olsenio's assists. Almost. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. El, El, El Senior only does things that are worldies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There's nothing like, hey, simple about his play. No. no. To to a to a fault at some points. Yeah, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe, maybe don't go for the meg that time. But, a nutmeg know. to nowhere. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, a really solid win. Um. Unfortunate to see Freeze go down. Obviously. Yeah. Um. What a save, by the way, by the kid. Yep. Uh, yeah, was... Cornell comes in, finishes it off. It's a it's a shared clean sheet for those two gentlemen. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about Cornell. Um, but I, I think this is a good time to talk about depth for this team because we've had a goalkeeper crisis before, a couple years ago. And that seemed to be, hey, put in whoever you want or whoever, literally whoever we can find at keeper and and hope it patches out until you know dre gets back or whatever whatever the case was now it's like all right dre's out freeze comes in he impresses like i think a lot of people that that saw him previous you know thought that he would um unfortunately he gets injured coronel comes in and he plays well yeah i don't think there's many fls teams at all that could do that yeah, I mean, I think that's true, but then you also you also have to look at you also have to look at the line in front of him. It's true, yeah. Which on paper doesn't seem as if it would be as sturdy as they have been. Um, when you're looking at two super draft picks, a guy who at the beginning of the season was <laughs> presumed to be non-playable in Ray Gaddis and a third-tier German league left back well and even for this match against cincy it's like all right you know trusty's a known commodity elliot's good gaddis you know at the very least you can hide but let's say he's a veteran and he had pace or is at least crafty but like in i don't think a lot of people have seen him play Um, i know since you have and they were unfortunate in not having seen him play because He is a beast, and if you're going to be against a team that doesn't have much going forward, having Mbizo to literally bomb up your wing and whip crosses in, it's pretty damn good. And and to his credit, right? So like like Chuck, you and I, and, and maybe Paul, and, and probably Justin's seen Mbizo. Like we've all seen Mbizo before, um, and I don't think we were necessarily surprised that he brought this kind of quality to the team, right? Check of the room. We're surprised it took this long. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, like, you wouldn't expect him to just come in, like, next man up style, right? The midweek game and play that well, I don't think. Uh, Yeah, but that's been the the whole season for the union. Yeah, Yeah, the whole, this whole season has just been, all right, who's the next guy we have in the depth chart? This is stupid depth. Stupid depth. I don't know exactly what's being done in training sessions. It's working. But. Whatever is being done needs to keep being done because no matter where you are in the depth chart, like the union have now used, I believe it's either 24 24. or 20, okay, 24 24 players um, out of base, which means literally everyone that has a senior contract for the union has featured this year. And has contributed to this team being at the top of the freaking table. And the other teams that are even close to the Union, mm-hmm. New York Rebels and FC Cincinnati, have been abject shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
another really nice finish by Casper. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit when we get to the, the Revs game from last night, but he hits the ball so hard. And 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 which we've seen that work. Like Joseph Martinez is just violent. Yeah. And that's how he gets, you know, half of his goals. Yeah, he tries to break the net. And... Right. I I've just been I've been waiting so long to see this run from Casper. And I am just so happy to see that yeah. it is gone exactly how it should go. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, especially for a guy with a fair bit of injuries as well. Um, like a perfect example of why a European youth national would come over and try to, you know, get some stock back and, and help a team out in the process. Yeah, and he's pretty much doing exactly if he had a plan, he's executing it to perfection because people need to take notice of this. It's, it's notable because it's not just been the goals that he's been doing. He's allowing his support in the offensive end of the air, the area of the field to carry this team immensely to build up through the middle and then down the side. It's, it's flowing really nicely through the two new guys involving Casper as well. And guys, Jamiro Montero is a freaking nightmare. He doesn't stop moving. No. He, I, he's, I think he's what I always expected Bedoya to do, just run around and cause mayhem for like 70 or 80 minutes, but then you offer nothing in attack. Montero can just do it for 80, 90 minutes and still be a problem in the attack which lets Bedoya rest up and be more clinical in the way he approaches the game. And Bedoya's been pretty dang good over the course of three games. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's up there. He's he's playing like the guy he should be playing like. I think I think it feels like there's less pressure yeah. on the guys on last year's big money. And I don't yep. know. I don't know why that is. Like Akam's playing like the Akam that the Chicago Fire would have liked to keep. Or, or if if Akam played like that consistently with the Fire, he wouldn't be here. Yeah. And then Bedoya has been better, and I think he understands his role more and is a little more free to actually implement that because. Uh, if listen, you you try everything you can right now to make sure Montero is a permanent signing when that loan expires. Yeah. Well, the great thing is the fact that all of the terms are already disclosed. They right. already know all the prices involved. Right. So all they need to say is yes. And right. I assume that they made that. Phone call I assume they have already extended this loan to the end to the end of the season, and we just don't know it yet. Because sure. you've seen enough to extend to the end of the season. Yeah. I, I yeah. understand why you're not going to sign him permanently right now just because what sure. if he gets hurt? Yeah. Well, and, and you don't, like, we don't know what they might have coming off the books next year. Right. As far as international slots or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that part makes sense, but. Who, who knows? One oh. might be stranded in Jamaica well, for the once, rest of his once career. We, once we get into those international spots, I have a. Nice discussion to have. Sure. Guys, Corey Burke is a prisoner of 
Oh, okay. I, I was going to wait until our host There's actually a brought Paul's us to that. Take. But, okay. Um, Corey Burke is involved in shady dealings in a Jamaican mob somewhere, and it all caught up to him. Of course. Okay, so my conspiracy theory is a little different than that. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. let's, let's hold on on that discussion. So I'm, go, I'm still going to wait. Put a little pin in it. We're, we're still in Sensi. Okay. <laughs> can we can we move on and, and be in Chester? Talk about the the six one thrashing of Brad Friedel's New England Revolution. Um, Wait, can I, can I say two it, things about since he you first? Certainly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I think we have to acknowledge and 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 give a nod to Spencer Ritchie. I mean, Spencer Ritchie played the freaking game of his life uh, that game and somehow still led in two goals. But like. Right. If it wasn't for him, that game was probably six nothing as well. Uh, and then two, I have to, I have to say, Madunian is looking like the guy that I want him to be. Damn, I think, like, I still, win. still, we look at him and we say, I'm not sure he's great defensively, but I think when you talk about a great defensive midfielder, obviously you have to look at somebody like Sergio Busquets, and I think Madunian is just playing like Sergio Busquets lately, and I love to see it. Oof. I hate you because I was going to wait until the New England game. (laughs) (laughs) To bring up Busquets? No, to bring up the fact that Harris Madunian has gone from most hated union player to most integral union player in the attack moving forward. Because if he's not getting the assist, he's getting the pass before the assist, or he's making the interception that leads to the pass before the assist. Like, dude's been everywhere. That's what's made his game so much better recently is the defensive contributions as well because this press is lethal from Philadelphia. It's suffocating, and it allows Madunian to read these passes so much easier when you've got quick guys running at players in the back line directly and that whole wide-open space of you're either giving him one option or another option. 50% 50% of the time, Madunian just has to go to that direction, and he's there. He's there to start the attack immediately. Yeah, and the whole thing's interesting because prior to this season, he could have very easily found himself off the team um, yeah. based on the change of formation. But now you're beginning to see the fruits of this system, everyone knowing their role, and especially with – Montero in to literally pester everyone. Um, he just needs to sit back and see what balls roll his way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't... It, he's obviously always focused in the game. Like, he's always reading the game at every minute, seeing what his next best option is. But the fact that he doesn't even have to put that much effort into his defensive role... It's wonderful. It's exactly what he needs to excel as a top MLS player because right now he's he is dictating the union attack with the way he's distributing across the field. Unlike one designated player. That's right. I won't say any names. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have to talk about him later. Yeah. Corey Burke is secretly involved in a Jamaican <laughs> reggae band. Oh, okay. That called him in for a world tour, and he simply Ow. can't turn down the money because he'll be touring with 311, and we're never going to know it's I, Corey Burke. Hold, wait. 
It's, um, I mean, the big question is, have you seen the members of 311? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take that as a, as a, as a no. Um, or a yes, but like willful, willful ignorance. Um, I don't think he's in a reggae band. Uh, I feel like the club would have came out and said that if he was. Oh, they would have marketed the hell out of that. Probably. Please. Are you kidding um, me? Instead of anyway. a union drum line, it's a union yeah. djembe line. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> and does he just like walk out with the djembe line and then plays? How does that work? I don't know. You tell me, marketing whiz. I, this sounds like I, an awesome I, idea. Uh, <sighs> sure. To you? Sure. To you? Sure. Um, hey guys, uh, I, and now you, like, I, I don't have a segue for that. I, I can't Union played a third good. game as well. Speaking, speaking of, of things that would be better defensively than New England, than, than New England Revolution's defense, the job line that Corey Burke's not a part of, uh, was in full effect in Jamaica where he was for this game because he doesn't have a visa now. And the Philadelphia Union beat the New England Revolution, who are only second to last in MLS behind the Connor Casey coach Colorado Rapids who have two points uh, but the New England Revolution now with the MLS uh, worst goal differential at minus 14 lose uh, 6-1 to one after a first half that could have been described as I don't know competitive maybe or at least not completely one-sided and terrible um Guys, uh, Philly love to put up uh, ridiculous amounts of goals against New England. I think they've done that about like, three times in a row now. Um, this game was stupid. That's a good way to describe it. Thank you. Uh, Elliot with a, uh, as Paul put it, a Sergio Aguero-esque turn and finish on the half in the 11th minute. Uh, Juan Fernando Caicedo made it 1-1 in the 35th. Elsinio with a um, good run <laughs> to a to a, a good bad, run, a, a magisterial good, run. Sorry, I'm, well, I'm not Roy Hudson, so I'm not going to go that far. And then a very terrible bit of goalkeeping for his finish in the 47th. Uh, Sergio Gum, Sergio Santos gets some help in the 69th nice minute uh, by Andrew Farrell's leg that deflects it in and uh, past Cropper and then he gets a brace in the 74th Casper scores in the 82nd for three goals in three games and then uh, just to top it all off David Akam gets one for 6-1 your final score uh, gentlemen I'm going to say the Mercury and Bully goes out to Cody Cropper for being awful the, the whole thing oh, with Cody Cropper. That's a good award. I like it. Is, he got it. I, he I can't, one, I can't believe we actually said that name on this pod. Well, um, and, and see, now, now this joke has layers because Mercury is is uh, something that can't grab on to anything like Cody Cropper. <laughs> because he is incapable of catching a ball. What, finds, what I find so ironic about this performance is that a better goalkeeper does not create the 6-1 scoreline, and Brad Friedel is exclusively and should exclusively be a goalkeeper coach. Damn it, Paul. How is that take. the worst aspect of this team? I don't know. Well, it's not. It's the well, defense. The back line was. Yeah. Uh, yeah or the fact bad. that they only have 37% of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man. <laughs> Watching it's... them try to build up is is not fun. 
Well, it's funny because this team last week scored four on Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> and they had a red. Um, Two reds. Red Bull. Guys, they beat Red Bull on 420. Like, nice. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, like, if that's any indication of how the East has been this year, there you go. Well, you um, know what? It, it Will Philadelphia, they'll take it at this yeah. point. Who cares? Oh, sure. Let the world be in disarray. If you've got everything figured out, that doesn't diminish their accomplishment by any means because no, they no. are playing like a top MLS squad and – their results are clearly showing for it. Justin, your your thoughts on the game? Um, I mean, overall, I think obviously you look at a six-one scoreline, and that is ridiculous. But like, man, I like I said earlier, I, I cannot Medunian, Wagner, Gaddis. I mean, yep. to a player like we looked like a good team, right. like. There was not a player on that field looked like they were on a bad team. Like this was a good team winning the game that the way they should. And like I I think and even like you look at our substitute all three of our substitutes scored. Like what? Like who does that? <laughs> but and I mean we just look good. To your point, like I think Wagner last night had some of the best steps I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, New England would try to play diagonal or, or whatever the hell they would try to do offensively, and he would come in and just take it. And it's not that he just steps to it. Like, his touches are clean. It was almost like the exact opposite of week one when Gaddis was getting burned every diagonal right. ball ever. Right. Um, like, Wagner just took out that whole side of the field. It was like, oh, you want to play the right side of your attack? Um, no. Right. I don't want you to. <laughs> I'd rather do that. Thanks. And like to be fair, like Agadello did like did Gaddison a couple times. Yeah. And yeah, um he can't finish. Buchanan, no, and like Buchanan <laughs> looked sharp at points. Like, like I don't know. Like there's not like like the Revs have pieces that are not like Caicedo obviously is like undeniably a, a goal scorer and I don't know how he's able to do it on this team. But you know, like Caicedo's good, Agadello is good. Carlos Gill is thought, pretty damn good. Gill's good. I thought Buchanan looked really sharp. Um, you know, Pania is is a guy that's decent. Teal Bunbury is always dangerous, but like it's just not. It's it's so far away from being a complete product defensively for the Revolution that, that none of that matters. And when you go up against a team as clinical as Philadelphia is right now, but they like, but they haven't. I... They have. Really, like, like this is the first game where you're like, oh, this team's like clicking on all cylinders. Like, I want to know it, what was said at halftime. Oh, apparently, I, I the, too would like to know. I need that apparently audio as well, please. Well, Curtin in his like post game was like, yeah, I basically decided to go in and be nice to the guys. That's funny. Which is like the most Jim Curtin thing ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you guys are doing a real super job. Uh, just need you to go out there, a little more energy, a little more pace. Because, like, I think, I, I think if you're Curtin, and you're like, well, if we get two against these guys, we should be okay. Because, like, yeah, the floodgates. Because they don't chase games. New England right. doesn't chase games. 
don't know. Yeah, I mean, a, a, just a really all-around solid, fun, entertaining win from the Union. Uh, and also, Austin Trusty with statistically one of his best performances this whole season. The tackling, clearance, yep. everything, anything that came his way, he was sweeping out. It was, it was like that uh, Colin performance against Montreal. Just, mm. oh no, danger. Just kidding, that guy's there, so right, it's not even right. a problem. Um, Captain Austin Trusty in MLS Fantasy this week and route to 100 plus points. Beautiful thing. Lord. Also, Jack Elliott is the most clinical striking player on the Philadelphia Union. Um, <laughs> and Paul's hot takes continue. There you go. That's right. I, um, like, are you statistically wrong? I don't. I don't know. Um, it, technically, yes, because Casper's only had like. Well, and Sergio Santos six shots and then, on the yes, shots. Sergio, yeah, you're right. all right. Opportunity <laughs> conversion numbers are off the charts for Jack Elliott because it's like three a season. Oh, you didn't even say the right person. <laughs> <laughs> you could have picked two people. You said neither of them. <laughs> oh. Paul, this is why we keep you around. You're just you're fascinating with me. Like, um, at, at this point, Casper Shabilko's played three games. And he's scored in all three, but he hasn't even taken like. Uh, God, I need to pull up his shot numbers now because I just I can't have Paul yeah. saying that Elliot is statistically the yeah, best striker of the ball. Oh, please don't take this seriously. Not at all. <laughs> I don't take anything um, you say seriously, but I just yeah, that's need to prove problem, you wrong. Um, I will say that I was a little frustrated by Casper in the first half. I thought he played a square ball couple times too often instead of just trying to go for it. Are you actually saying you're frustrated with something that happened in a 6-1 game? I mean, all I was not super the, happy. You mean the, the defense in the first half. I'm pretty damn frustrated with that. Well. Yeah, I mean, that goal was avoidable. Yeah. Oh, there well, also we, I, could sorry, have been sorry. more. Cause we, yeah, we let me back up. Carlos. Yeah, he did a death drop and, wow. and got a kick save. Yes, yeah. he did. That was that. That is extreme composure in those. It's insane to me that Union have played like four goalkeepers. Sorry, three goalkeepers, and all three of them have done stupid good things in that. We have come a long way we from done. being tied to a <laughs> man. So I, I can't even say. Bryce a keeper, a, holy a keeper who played a World Cup in 2014. Well, we yeah, have yeah. to we have to remember like Casper was originally brought to be the second string keeper, and the only mm-hmm. reason he hasn't been the second string keeper all season is because the Union were not prepared for dealing with the international spot conundrum caused yep. um, by bringing in Montiero. And now you almost have a free out with it, considering the fact that Corey Burke is stuck in an underground fight club in Jamaica oh and will not God. be returning for the I guess, I guess if we now reach the part where we should uh, talk about the fact that Corey Burke had his green card denied and is now stuck in Jamaica for at least the next three months. Oh, is yeah. that going on? I had no idea. Yeah. For people that don't know, uh, Paul is half right. Um, 
Corey Burke is in fact stuck in Jamaica. His uh, his P one was uh, expired and his green card was denied due to, as the club put, personal reasons, which is uh, MLS and soccer code for "you will never know." Please don't ask us. Um, you, you better believe I'm gonna ask. Yeah, can I? Yeah, go for it. Yes. Can I just say that, like, can I just say that I think it's really interesting that probably the bigger impact of him being stuck in Jamaica is not the Philadelphia Union. It is the it's fact the Jamaican national team. that the Jamaican national team will now have no chance, absolutely yep. no chance in the Gold Cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not at all. <laughs> yeah, so, we're like, we're like Jamaica yeah, well, doesn't we got, have a clinical striker like Corey Burke. We got David Akam. We got whoever. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah, like, that, that was my take on it. It's like, literally, the Union have so many strikers that... Who cares? Like, it's... Well, I should Corey Burke's family cares. I should, still I should, in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm going to rephrase that because, awesome. yes, this sucks for the player involved. Right. But if I'm looking at this objectively for solely just what does it mean to the team, it means literally nothing because <sighs> Casper is so far better and even if he's just a one-season one wonder, like Corey Burke last year, that one season's now, therefore it is more important. Well, and and I, like, I'm not going to say it, it doesn't matter to the organization, because obviously you, like... They celebrate when it's his jersey. Right, so, so and, and that was interesting. Yeah, that was because that weird. Means, like, I thought something. Why do his teammates like, have hey, no idea what's going on and they're treating this as if he's never coming I think, back? I think the club knows. Because he might I never think. be coming back. But why? Uh, <laughs> These are the things a... we need to know. Oh, relax. Um, I, I, I... He's in the Jamaican mob. It's fine. He's probably killed somebody and that's he's why. He's in the so they're not going to. That's right. I need reckless speculation on this every waking moment of every day. Because... Personal reasons, like blow it out your ass. You know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe those are the personal reasons. Okay, jeez. Um, if he if he does come back this season, I think yeah. it could be interesting to see a well rested uh, Corey Burke in yeah. August lot, when everyone else is exhausted Paul, and is tired from the rest I, of the season. I really hope that Corey scores in his first game back and then makes it a point to just look at you the whole time that he's being interviewed. Just me? Just looking just at him you. going, just you. where were you? Where were you, buddy? Come oh, on. No, he'll just look it's at just you and, you and me. Hi, I'm here. You know, I'm back now. Clearly not a part of Fight Club. I don't have a 311 tattoo, so I can't be in the band. No, uh, I didn't say also, he was in 311. I said his reggae band was going to tour with 311. That's an opportunity okay, you don't turn down. Without Evan. a reggae album since you know their first album and that was even a ska album which did you know that ska came before right guys that's a lot more culturally important <laughs> you did down wow thank you um so uh what were we talking about basically oh right how it impacts the jamaican national team more yeah uh so for for people un uh, unaware the uh gold cup the Concacaf, big old tournament coming up this summer takes place uh, in the United States of America, which is a place that Corey Burke will not be allowed to come back into until he has his, uh, his visa situation cleared. So um, Jamaica is, uh, is screwed, which is unfortunate 
because they were doing all right for themselves in the last couple Gold Cups. Yeah, which also means Andre Blake Andre Blake's stock is going to plummet because they're going to have no attacking power and he's going to have to face 15 to 20 shots I, a game. Really, I'm going to... It, it won't plummet when, he's, when he qualifies him. for CONCACAF Champions League. They would have done it anyway. Well, that's a wow. Wow. We're really Justin, do you have any really hot take? Oh, you said Busquets. That's not a hot take at this that's point. That's not a hot take. That's no, real. That's factually accurate. That is a comparison. That's scary. That is not a hot Just, take. Like, Justin, from where we've come two months ago to now, the way we are talking about Harris Madunianen, that's pretty bonkers that we're on the level of Madunianen does I, play like Sergio Busquets. <laughs> I mean, he has in the last three games. I'm not saying he is Sergio Busquets in any way, shape, or form. Sergio Busquets is a player who is far and above almost every other player on this planet. But, I, but I, but yeah, he is playing well. And I'll take a sec to break down my CCL take because if you're right. if you're looking at things right now, yes, yes, Toronto has. Three games in hand at this point okay. on the Union? It sounds right. Let me hold on two seconds. Yes, they do. I looked. Number one, Great. if they do catch the Union, um, yeah. it doesn't particularly matter due to the uh-huh. fact that if, they, if, they, if Toronto wins the East, Toronto probably wins MLS Cup. Really? No. If Toronto adds a defender during the summer window, they probably win MLS Cup. I I don't know, man. I don't I, think I don't like that. Look, I think um, there's, there's two teams in LA that will uh, argue on that. Um, the Galaxy won't do it, and LAFC hasn't shown me that they can put up when they need to. But have because they, they haven't played the games yeah. yet. Like it's only, they, it seems so like a matter of time for me. It's just a matter uh, of when they play in those yeah, games. It's, but, I will but, say, but if you look at LAFC's playoff run last year, yeah, it's the, a slightly but, different team, but still. Yeah, that's the thing, though. The Union are essentially a slightly different team just playing in a different formation. And the change has been dramatic. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a little different, cause <laughs> <laughs> little okay, they're they're a little different. So what are um, we doing to get into the CCL? Are we winning yeah. the I Open mean, Cup? More more likely yeah. than not, it's probably Open Cup. Well, okay. think about it. The Union I mean, we, we do so cups. well. Uh, we do so we well with Open Cup with thing. limited depth. Okay. Now that we have super depth, we're not really wasting our talents on trying hard in these open cup games and we've been doing that with one to two players at each position barely i just in the past few years i just think at this point the union win something this year what really scares me about this conversation that i think this is the year that we end up like losing in the open cup to the richmond kickers or somebody like that and (laughs) but if we lose to the richmond kickers we win the east Junior Lone Star will take the scalp. Like, literally, look at this Eastern Conference and tell me uh, what team that is not named Toronto that will well, beat the Union. 
Atlanta United with a new coach. Atlanta uh, United with a new coach is going to end up like Toronto last year, which is too far back. But you Speaking, don't think they get in and get the chance? You don't have to win the Eastern Conference playoffs to make CCL. You just have to win the East. Just on points you, or you win, you finish? Win, so there's winning the East, winning the West, um, Supporter, Shield, Supporter Shield, oh, MLS right. yeah. Cup, and Open Cup. And usually right. there's some combination of those where one of those teams does too. Yeah. Okay. Well, there has to be because whoever wins one of the conferences is also going to win Supporter Shield. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There, that's fair. Uh, speaking on Toronto, really quick, they play um, four games in ten days coming up. One of those being against the Philadelphia Union. Correct. So, so they have a chance. Super six, six point swing, maybe. They have a. They have Atlanta away on Wednesday, and then they play Philly on Saturday. The trap uh, game in Toronto. Then they have DC the following Wednesday, and then they travel to Rio Tinto for Real Salt Lake on the 18th. So, that's not very kind to them. Um, I feel bad for the Toronto soccer podcast that have to try to keep up with that schedule. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's brutal. Well, and, and like we were saying with the Union, where it's like, all right, you know, it's three games in eight days, but like the the quality of team that we played wasn't great. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? This this Philadelphia Union team... Atlanta, it, Philly, D.C., Real Salt Lake are, like, not pushovers at all. Also, not at all. those teams are figuring it out, and um, D.C. will be a little bit healthier. Yeah, you'd, you'd think. You'd imagine. There's a quality to the way that the Philadelphia Union are playing right now where... These matchups against Seattle and Toronto, and eventually we're going to have to go to LA and have to deal with them. Right, right. These these aren't matchups that I'm necessarily afraid of because I know that uh, I'm confident in assessing that Jim Curtin can read certain matchups now and put out a team that can effectively combat those difficulties because mm. he he's been given the green light to be as free as he wants to with his lineups and well I, and I can't I can't complain with any of the decisions he's made including re- restoring my faith in El Sino <laughs> as, no. as a solid option in the attack so this is another week of the um Ernie Stewart was holding back Jim Curtin well and and so it's like becoming glaring like you can you can debate that for sure. The thing that the the, the organization has, I won't even say just Jim because it's not just like him, but everyone had to kind of make a a concerted effort. Um, they have more depth, and like a lot more yeah. depth. It's good. It's good and and it's solid. quality players too. Like Montero is the best parts of of Chaco Maidana and and Vincent Ogera. Like in one dude, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of miss Chaco. A little bit. I miss Nagaro. Those, those, fi- those fifteen assists were beautiful. They were, um, and like Aronson has come out of nowhere, and I think hits better balls than than Dodgeball did, or something. I don't know. And then, like, like if you were to tell anybody that, like, hey, uh, we're not going to need Marco Fabian for like a month, they'd probably be like. 
you mean we're not going to have them? They're like, no, 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 like, we're cool without them. Yeah. Like, like, he's injured, but we don't care. Also, the team's fine. Like, they might even look better. Um, And that's incredible. Oh, and Dre's out at the same time. Like, that's crazy. Before it was like, oh, we need, you know, like, Andre would get hurt and it'd be like, oh, shit. Like, we're done. Winning without Andre Blake and John McCarthy um, (laughs) is kind of unheard of territory right now. Yes. Yeah. We are treading into unexplored waters. I think we're there. We're there. We are there. We're almost we're almost halfway to our point our record point total of last season and we're in May. We're on the missing island that Corey Burke is currently stranded on in the middle of the Caribbean Sea. That's why he cannot return because no one knows where he is. He yeah, went okay, crabby. Okay, let let's let's really hope that he's not somewhere that no one knows where he is and that that's one thing that Paul's saying that's wrong. My goal, my goal is to come up with so many ridiculous takes that one of them sticks, and I'm going to be able to play the audio back. And in isolated, unrelated context, I'm going to sound like a wizard. I called it Corey Burks in a band. Uh, anyway, I do, I do truly hope that everything does work itself out, and he's able yeah. to come back and everything. As ridiculous as a situation it is. We're not having to discuss it from a soccer perspective, and that's one of the best problems the Philadelphia Union could have right now, is that it's not hinder. It's not something so ridiculous and stupid that it's affecting our play on the field. We just hope it works itself out for personal reasons, because Corey Burke does not deserve to be stranded in Jamaica, not able to return to his family and all his personal stuff. Right. Yes. I miss Corey Burke. There you go. Uh, I really do. <laughs> circle, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I... I miss him on the field and off the field. Do you really? I miss I good miss Corey on Burke the field, on buddy. the field. Okay. I miss Corey okay. Burke in general off the field. I think y'all are just so selective about when he's good or not, but that's neither here nor there, and it won't matter hey, for three months. So hey, I, can, I have said this entire season just fire him into the sun. I, I know. I Unfortunately, know now I've gotten what I wanted. I just yeah. didn't want it to happen this way. They fired him into the sunny shore. Way? You don't know what oh, way. Straight. You don't know why he's stuck there. Well, and that's why, like, I feel like this is semi-orchestrated by the union to get a goddamn international spot. I, okay. Could that's you imagine? There's a scolding take in itself. Are you kidding me? All of my Ernst, stuff is Ernst Tanner. Ernst Tanner and all his geniusness. It was like, oh, let's just screw up his yeah. visa. And yeah. oh, you can't come back. I don't know what happened. It, I just, what's hilarious I just about the situation? How you were so close to getting a green card, and you go from so close to getting a green card to not being allowed back in the country. See, now, what they didn't say was they didn't say that he was so close to... You didn't read the, the parentheses, which said so close to getting a green card rejected by the U.S. Embassy in Kingston. Um, well, yeah. the, the most... Um, the biggest rundown uh-huh. was Sam Stashko. Yeah. Um, it's funny because the union still have to pay his salary... But he well, doesn't yeah, count we don't, against we don't the care, international we don't care spot. About the salary because he's on the senior minimum salary. 
Exactly, which is why the union probably went up to Corey Burke and said, hey, you want a free three-month vacation, my dude? We well, need to go for depth right now. Actually, Just go I take actually a vacation. Do. I do hope they loan him to Revolta United. Well, or some one of the top, one of the top um, comments on here is that he was found inadmissible for some reason, most commonly criminal violations, such as uh-huh. he smoked weed. Oh, you know, that's probably it, wasn't it? Wait, that happens in Jamaica? Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. He and just like, got high. I mean, high all yeah. things considered, yeah. Corey Burke being from Jamaica... That's pretty fucking plausible. It's. I'm going to say there's a non-zero chance of that one happening. <laughs> Either. It... That's. Oh my god, this country's the worst. <laughs> no, you can't have your green card because you got a high. Like what? All right. Unexplored waters. Okay, guys. Should uh, we answer our real questions that we got? Yeah, oh, that's looks, right. You guys send us Twitter. questions. Yeah, Paul likes to just ramble about things and, and forgets that we have a, a people that, oh God, for some reason, listen to this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't lie anymore. Yeah, stay for, stay for the fireworks, after. people. What? Stay for the fireworks. Are you I, swear, birthday? I swear it's on the end of the episode? It's no, Paul's I'm hot not. takes. It's Paul's hot takes. That's exactly Paul's, why they come here. Oh. They're like, I want to hear Paul try to explain that Andre They're Blake. Like, I want to be, I want to be validated in my opinions. Who who's really good at making me feel better about how I view this? Team? Oh, Paul Catrino Jr. is. If Andre Blake was a better teammate, he would have kept Corey Burke in the country. Okay, we are he not going to Andre done. Blake right now. <laughs> he is injured. You're not going on that one. <laughs> You know, a uh, common uh, common injury that many MLS goalkeepers get is smoking weed. <laughs> All, All right, right. Let, let's, we answer, have let's answer up Twitter there. questions. Chuck. <laughs> okay. Chuck writes the ship, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so mm-hmm. number one is yeah. from actually a question that we were looped in on by okay. the pod. That originally came from U.S. Men's National Team's videos. Yeah. Does Aronson keep his spot when Fabian is back healthy? Obviously biased, (laughs) but I think he's been better than Fabian. Someone's watching the same games that I'm watching. Um, Unfortunately, Mm, this has the damper of his hip injury that we don't know exactly what it means. But um, yeah. So, oh, for, for people that don't know and, and, and didn't pick up on by me saying it yesterday, uh, we are recording on the 5th of May, which is a Sunday, uh, which is usually a day that teams that don't play games don't necessarily have anything to talk about. So, um, you know, if we see something Monday or Tuesday or if Jim talks about it midweek on Wednesday, then we'll know. But I'm sure uh, with a week off, the union are probably trying to reevaluate Brendan Aronson at some point later this week than, than right off the bat. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get more information as the week goes on. You, you hope it's yeah, like I said, he's a young kid. I'm sure he'll recover relatively well, quickly. Um, I think he, Marco Fabian, despite the way Aronson's been playing, you cannot deny his quality at his position. So, if it becomes a matter of slowly working Aronson into rotations and simply reading the matchups available, if you could use a guy with quicker feet foot speed in just one-on-one situations 
perhaps you go with Fabian, or if you just need more speed in general opening up the game, you go with Aronson. I think, once again, it's a fantastic problem for Jim Curtin to have, and it's something, it's a mistake that if he makes it in the game, it's not like it's going to doom the Philadelphia Union, it's just a matter of a substitution, and the problem is fixed. And I think Jim Curtin has proven that he knows how to make those decisions on the fly and at halftime. Because like I said, that that New England game could have gotten out of hand at halftime. Well, going in one-to-one, they came out and scored five in the span of 17 minutes. Like, the, that's, that's called uh, figuring it out. Looking at what you just dealt with and figuring it out, I think the midfield is the least of the worries for the Philadelphia Union right now. Yeah. Excellent question. Um, Justin, I'm going to wait for you because I've talked a lot on this. Um, I wasn't necessarily going to answer this question because I was going to give a hot take, but I guess since you put me on the spot, I'll give my hot take anyway. But this is what we're here for. Uh, the person that I would love to see leave the field when Fabian is healthy, if Aronson is also, also healthy, is one Alejandro Bedoya. Oh! Uh, I would just no. I mean, I think I would love to see a midfield with Madunian sitting behind Aronson, Montiero, and Fabian. I like. I literally don't it think the other beautiful. team. I don't think the other team would have a lick of possession if that would happen. Uh, yeah, that that's well, scary. That the that is scary. Is, to think. Fabian takes ill-advised shots, therefore they get possession off of those. Um. So, I don't know what to do about those two. Because we have seen points where Fabian has looked like the player that we paid for. Like, um, I can't remember the exact game, but in one of his first couple of games, he had six chances created. And it was just the fact that the Union forwards were crap that he didn't put them away. Mm -hmm. Um... But then he got a red card. Then he got injured. Then Aronson came on and became Medford Messi. Um, I would love to see Fabian be set. But the reality of the situation is if you have to pick between Aronson and Montiero staying on the field I'm keeping Montiero on the field um, yeah. Yeah. I love everything that Aronson's been doing but Montiero is going to be much more important to the union beating top teams yeah. than Aronson will be I mean I'm with you on that but then why doesn't Bedoya become part of the discussion there of who to because, sit just be, because of Bedoya's game and Bedoya's understanding understanding with Madunian is too important not to sit him. Like, he does all the dirty work. He's recently started popping up in the box and it's only been because of great blocks by defenders and saved by goalkeepers that he doesn't have three goals on the season. 
yeah. I, ju- I just think ju- what Justin's getting at is it doesn't become. It, it's not like he's untouchable in the equation of the midfield where it's you're having to choose between Aronson and Montero. You know, I, at some points I, I would like to see Madunian in sit because I don't think he's going to be great in every situation, regardless. Yep. Unfortunately, yep. he's dictating the pace of play, but it's not as if you know we can't succeed without them. And I think as good as Alejandro Bedoya has been in the past three games, it's not as if he's the most instrumental cog in this machine. Even though he may not be the most talented midfielder that the Philadelphia Union has, just due to the fact of his role, tenure with the team, and the fact that he has the biggest mouth on the team, I think Alejandro Bedoya is the most untouchable midfielder of that four. No, no, no. I'm, I mean, I'm at the, the shouting match with Alejandro Bedoya if he has to sit him. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at the point where I'm like, I want to sit Bedoya for a string of games. No, I, I, but I, I think I, when I, you're talking about 30, I mean, 38 games in a season and five Open Cup games or whatever, like I think you have a chance at some point in that string of games. O- even if it's if, an Open Cup game, none of these guys are playing except Aronson. Uh, I think Montiero plays in that situation too. You play Derek Jones. But. Montiero yeah, could play for three different good. teams and still play a full ninety minutes for the Philadelphia Union. I would be I would be shocked if Derek Jones sees the field for the rest of this season. That's a that's I, sort I, of a hot take, but I would be shocked. Yeah, you don't know what, what I, the team's going to do with the Open Cup. Or I think I think Derek Jones, Anthony Fontana, um, Aronson, and Warren Craval are your midfield four in Open Cup. Oh, and that ain't bad. And that ain't bad. It's not terrible. It's okay because you have a million forwards in front of them. Yep. Moving on, uh, next question, y'all. Um, next, we, ca- we sort of talked about but never actually answered um, okay. from Luke Duska. Is there a chance of Corey Burke returning this season? Uh, an outside chance, but yeah. I mean, don't, don't ask me. Technically, I don't. I don't even know what's going on with Corey Burke. Technically, yes. I'm in the but, dark. Um, like literally, it can happen. Like if there's a I, the time works out that he'd come back in what August. Well, the thing, the the big thing for me is I think if Corey Burke does get this whole thing sorted out, that he's traded to another MLS team before he sees the field for the Union again. Because he's good uh, trade. Yo, he's good trade bait. He's there already seen out there the minimum salary. That's yeah. such an asset it's be, for a it's striker. It's the right return for him, though. Oh, agreed. But and it would can't you be rather him. have five strikers fighting for space first, or an asset in four? A third-round draft pick that you can well, trade. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, the union's problem is that they've clearly shown that they don't want draft picks. <laughs> so. that's, that's okay. Just give us 150K and Gam and Tam and we'll make it work. Yeah, so uh, I would take it. Li- yeah, like literally, there is a chance that he does come back. Uh, does it happen? No, we don't know. But uh, it is it is physically possible. I think it happens. I think these sports teams have enough lawyers on hand that they can sure, make the sure. embassies work faster than they normally do. And I think he comes back. But yep. It'll be real interesting if they do get lawyers involved to figure out what these so-called personal reasons are. 
because I'm super certainly invested in this entire storyline playing out in front of us. Uh, I think he comes back, though. I think he makes it back. Free Corey Burke. All right, next question. Um, next from Noah, our uh, weekly lineup question. What, Hell yeah! What do you run considering the injury list against uh, Toronto? Keep the back four. Uh, I think you have to keep Colonel just because, uh, you know. Yeah, Blake's not. I think Blake's on track for the game after Toronto. He's on track for the first home game back, yeah. Yeah, so Seattle. Yep. I Yeah, so, and then you get... Same back four, and then let's do... Um, uh, Medunian in Montero. Montero uh, Aaron, well... No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he'll be available. We yeah. don't think he's ready for that one? Okay, so Medunian in Montero, so. Bedoya... Fabian. El Sino. Don't. It's uh, El, yeah. It's El Sino. <laughs> you can sigh. You don't have to be happy about it, but that's probably what's going to happen. I would just. Be, I would just be worried. El Sino wouldn't be able, like literally wouldn't be able to run with these guys. But we haven't. E- we haven't even seen Fabian play for Bethlehem this time around. If Fabian comes back, I think it's Fabian. If it if if yeah. if Fabian's not healthy, then it's Elsinho. But yeah. I think if Fabian's healthy, it's Fabian. But I'm also not too concerned with Elsinho in this game. No, because not, minutes, Toronto doesn't have a defense. They don't have Josie Altidore, and yeah. Montiero can do they his didn't... best to keep up with Pozuelo. Well, a reminder: they didn't need. Altador when Bradley scored twice. Okay, we're not going to talk that's about when, the that's Bradley when bullshit Virginia because that's was just... a rooted tree in the midfield. Bradley does not do that again against this Union team now that they know their positions. Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. That was an yeah. entirely different team, it feels like. Like, Bradley doesn't do that against any other team in MLS. And he's not about to start doing it to no, he can do it against Colorado once. He could, so I think, though. Everyone well, he, else would score. Yeah. Bradley still doesn't score two. So really, um, your decisions come down to Fabian or Aronson or Ilsenio, depending on who's healthy. And then who do you put up top? And I, like, Casper I think there is, is no way Shabilko go out of this lineup. I think it has to be Shabilko and David Kahn. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say a common Shabilko. That's I, th- I think, I, think clear. I, I think you go with Casper and you go with Santos. Now I think you need that speed complement there, though. I don't think Santos, Santos starts Portland. until Portland. Yeah, okay. I think Santos will get a start very soon. But I think the but, the hold up think, striker think, and the speedy striker complement are doing wonders. I, but I think you can bring in a com for El Senio, though. No, you can't. Yeah, you could. You can. Eh. Okay. Um, you can. It'd be uh, it's a little messy to start out. You need to go late against Toronto. You but, bring in. You just go all out. That's a fourth. So a you're count. going four three three at that point. You can't run. Yeah. You can't run an offense through a calm. You can. You can move run an offense against through a senior. And if you, the big thing is if Ilsenio 
starts, y'all, it's y'all because there's the no offense. one to so, run the offense through. And I'm going to look great. You're right. Well, let's hope that happens so you look Il- great, Evan. Ilsenio Il- is going to stop being um, this productive. What he can only get 70% of his lung capacity up every week. But that's the thing. <laughs> Ilsenio Il- Il- starting only plays 60-ish minutes, and they're still at least semi-effective. Yeah, it. We have some good. We have some good problems to deal with, and I don't, just don't think we necessarily have the answers because this is such untreaded territory. Well, I'm gonna be right again for the I, mean, I was gonna say it doesn't really matter what we discuss. Chuck's gonna be right anyway, so who cares? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Next Chuck question. Knows, Chuck knows the lineup anyway. Chuck. Let's let's move on. Jim's yeah. already leaked it to him yesterday. So. <laughs> Like, here's what I'm feeling about Toronto. Do you think this is good? Yeah. <laughs> he wants to find out. Um, I I do believe that this game is just going to be a draw. Same. That's fair. Same. And I think they beat Seattle. Um, uh, I don't know. We had we more questions. Ver, the ver, next ver, one? Ver, we'll cross ver, that bridge when we get there, but I think yeah, the draw uh, in Toronto... Verdiaz coming back makes that Seattle one a lot tougher. Yeah. Um, we'll get, this, get there. So, we'll cross this, that bridge when we get there. This last question is like yeah. barely a question. It's from okay. Chap. That's it. Good. Um, Good. Like the Chapstick? First, spelled the same way. Alright. Um, the first half defending last night was atrocious. From the center backs to the midfielders, the spacing and the marking seemed off. Do we just chalk that up to fatigue of three and eight days? The second yeah. half seemed like a new team yes. out there. Yes. I think I think you chalk it up to fatigue, and I think you chalk it up to playing down to New England in the first half. Yeah, the, like, the game, I think the, the Philadelphia did... Flyers themselves, that they played down to a team they shouldn't have. I think you can, yeah, I mean, I think you talk it up to a bunch of things. I think you talk it up to fatigue. I think you talk it up to playing down to New England. I also think you just talk it up to first halves. You know, like, sometimes in the first half, you're trying to figure out what the other team's doing. Once they figured it out, it was easy. But, like, yeah. we were trying to figure out what they were doing in the first half. Yeah, that, that performance didn't necessarily concern me from, like, a long-term perspective. I, I truly think when you're able to put up five... five. Second five in seventeen minutes, you figured out a way to approach a team's defense and right. effectively break it down. And like you won't be able to do that against everybody. No, you know, like yeah, uh, uh, of like, course not. We're not but put up five in the second half against Toronto or Seattle. But like if if the I don't know, like they have a slow start defensively against New England of all teams. Like it's okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because I, I, there's nothing that's made me stray away from having confidence that they can figure stuff out at halftime. If they just sit there and dissect it for a few minutes. Right. This is the Sorry. least concerned I've ever been about a Philadelphia Union team. Right. And there are still an immense amount of issues that are have yet to be resolved with this They're team not, like, from like a roster perspective. Just getting players back. Yeah, I guess. You know, I, we have yet to see the Union's best 11, so... 
Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, well, uh, guys, I guess I guess we have to tell everyone that we hope the, the wait was worth it, right? Yeah, we hope. And did I hope we, someone... Did we do the final question? No. Uh, no, we didn't. I don't know. Are we... The wait was well worth it then. Last question. Rapid fire. <laughs> um, what do we have? Only one loss at home this season. Yeah. Do you see the Union dropping a game this month? Seattle's obviously a tough one, and that is from one Larry Henry Jr. What are the games this month? So, you have Toronto um, at home to Seattle, um, at home to Portland, away to Colorado. Oh, wait, no, that's at home to Colorado. Sorry. I hate the fact that MLS and Europe use opposite home and away. Yeah. Yeah, it does get confusing. So um, it's sorry, it's Toronto, Seattle, Portland, Colorado. Yeah. Uh if drop meaning do they lose a game? Yeah, I think that's what they mean. Lo- yeah, lose I, a game. I, I, th- I, I think draws in any game. of these situations are pretty good results in general. Yeah. I, I think I think there's two that I and wait, okay, Portland is home. is home. Yeah, so it's Toronto, then three straight at home. Okay. Uh, Oh, man. I I think if... So, like, I think the best-case scenario is you lose one of the games, like, either Seattle or Portland, right? Because I I would rather not lose a game against a conference rival. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think think if if you just said, hey, like, they... There's a chance they lose two of these games. Which two are they? It's Toronto or Seattle. Yeah, I, I think, you know, e- even though I'm confident in the Union's ability to draw Toronto, that doesn't mean I'm not concerned going forward with the kind of lineup that Toronto's going to put out. So I think Toronto gives you a problem. And then, like I said, I, I still think the Union compete pretty heavily with Seattle, but that, that will be their toughest competition this entire month i think portland and colorado are definitely going to be some nice rebound games if we end up hitting a couple bumps in the road throughout the stretch i think we i think we drop one somewhere i don't i don't think we go unbeaten the rest of the month um yeah and that's not necessarily a problem no 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 i don't think it's problem at all i i think we're on a good points per game pace and so i don't i don't think we're i don't think we're i don't think we look back after these four games and go oh shoot we lost that game and that's gonna ruin our season you know i don't think so but i think we drop one yeah it's fair enough team teams are humans um i unfortunately have a draw against Toronto, and if Connor Casey is still coaching the Rapids at this time, and they have not found a permanent coach, that Colorado's coming into Philly and winning that game. Oh no! no. That's the worst take of all time. We have to end on that. No! So bad. That's so bad. Oh. There's nothing even remotely. <laughs> threatening about Colorado besides like the the players to themselves. In a game that Mbizo won't play in, Keegan Rosenberry gets the last laugh. 
Oh. In Talon Energy Stadium? Get oh. out of here. The no. narrative needs it. No. The no, narrative no, doesn't need no, 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 no. What would be incredible about that is if we go, if we win three straight games yep. from here and then, and then lose back. lose to Colorado at home. Like, we have 12 okay. points heading in there. Or we That's have how... nine points heading in that game and then we lose that game. Connor Casey That's... fights 500 different fans in the same night. <laughs> That's Jeez. just how winning streaks are broken, though. It's yeah. True. Yeah, they, you know, when a team's as good, playing as good as Philadelphia, any loss that happens from this point out is going to be like, ah, uh, that's kind of surprising. You know, you, from a competitive advantage, I think Philadelphia matches up pretty well against most of the teams in Major League Soccer. So when they when they eventually do lose a game, we're, we're going to have to take a step back and really look at what went wrong in those situations. But right now... It's smooth sailing. This is nice. This is it's, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. That's true. I feel like oh. I'm in a parallel universe, like Corey Burke falling through the Tesseract's power and ending up uh, in the quantum dimension. That was the mildest thing on that subject. That's great. Uh, also, Marvel nerds do not even think about correcting me on my use of the Tesseract's power, because I don't follow superhero movies that well. So yeah, did something get happen? over it. No, so, I don't think so. Don't think an so. Avengers movie okay. happened, but oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, speaking of not hearing about it, we hope that you guys enjoyed something out of this, uh, as we normally do. If you'd like to give us a follow on the internet, you can certainly do that, or voice your complaints, or other whatever. Uh, happy to have you at VFTV Pod. Hey, I didn't get it wrong again. I'm still preparing the parade All right. for when you get it wrong. Yeah, keep going. Um, yeah, and from there you can uh, you can find all four of us uh, individually as well if you'd like to do that. Um, yeah, super. Uh, thanks to BGNFM and, and Roughneck Scarves for for you know sponsoring us and putting everything out. Um, we hope you guys have enjoyed this win streak and, and just general team being good as much as we have. Uh, I'm sure you have, unless you're a fan of another team that's listening to this for whatever reason, and then, well, sorry you made a mistake. Um, yeah, if you came here for scouting analysis on the Philadelphia Union in order whoops. to prepare for your next game, Not you've good. wasted an hour. You've time. you've really had to dig for, for the material that you wanted, unfortunately. Well, you will now become a Corey Burke conspiracy theorist, and I think so. that is my ultimate goal. So uh, until next week, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've been Views from the Bridge, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. We can keep doing this through the help of our sponsors. The first, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. The other, Golden Gold Press. Golden Gold Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Go check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Thanks to our network of soccer podcasts, the Beautiful Game Network. For your soccer news, opinions, and content, visit us at bgn.fm. Lastly, you can find us at VFTBpod on the Twitter and BGN.FM slash views from the bridge with hyphens on the web. You can also find us wherever you consume your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. 
go hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you so much.